Hello, everybody. Welcome back. Today, my guest is Michael Bates. We're going to be talking about questions, deeper questions of, into feminine and masculine dynamics. It's something that I talk about a lot on the podcast. And so um, I thought it'd be great to be a little more specific with some questions that I ask him that you've been asking me. Michael and I have never met in person. We've only spoken um, online up until now. But I've been following him on his podcast and his Instagram um, and just listening to him talk about what he does in men's work and now a little bit of sacred union work, which um, I'll let him explain what that is. But yeah, super excited to dive in with someone who seems to be equally nerdy about anything that has to do with um, personal development and in how we can show up in relationships and be our most authentic selves in relationships and with um, the relationship with our own energies, our own inner masculine and, and feminine energies and how we express that in the world. So mm. welcome. Welcome to Commitment Phobe. Thank you. It's wonderful to be here. Really appreciate it. <laughs> I will also say, if you were a politician, I would I would vote for you. You, you have this way of expressing <laughs> yourself with so much certainty, but at the same time, heart that mm. um, that I was really excited to, yeah, to bring on to the podcast. That means a lot to hear. Um, we'll see where the future takes me. But I think <laughs> if, if things go well and according to plan, that is something I'd like to explore politics at some point oh, in my wow. life. Okay. Yeah. Very cool. So yeah, why don't why don't we start with you sharing who you are and what you what your contribution is to the world right now? Mm, a wonderful way to phrase that question. Thank you. I would say that my uh <laughs> my name is Michael Bates, yeah, and my mission is uh is really twofold right now. Uh my mission is to accelerate the conscious evolution of men and masculinity across this planet in our lifetime. That's been, I would say, the frame that I've been really focused on the last few years, just really focusing on working with men, really focusing on men's work and focusing on myself. Uh, when I thought about it years ago, it's like, well, I want to help everyone. <laughs> and what's the what's the specificity that I could bring that could help the most people? And I really, it really felt to me like the best way to help women, the best way to help children, the best way to help animals and plants and the planet itself is to focus on men, especially mm -hmm. right now in this very interesting time where men are being asked to step into quote unquote masculinity in a way they never have before. Um, a lot of men, myself included, are very confused and we're very confused for a long time and don't really know what it even means to be a man right now. I think we're sort of chewing on that culturally right now, at least in the West. Uh, and so that's been a big piece. That's been the, the, the first major piece. But I've been coming home, as I like to put it recently, to this second piece, which is, I think, really uh, the joining together of those two pieces. But it's my, my mission is also to heal the divide between men and women, as I say, by, by resurrecting and resuscitating the lost arts of what I call sacred union. So I've been creating a, a workshop experience called Sacred Union that is about uh, really about healing the battle of the sexes and um, joining people together, men and women specifically, but again, however you want to define yourself, uh, offering opportunities for us to 
I'll, I'll put it this way. I think a lot of people have been doing men's work and a lot of people have been doing women's work and it's really beautiful. And we've been doing it to get to uh, separate the necessity of separating men and women to do our own work. And now I think it's really time to bring groups of men and groups of women together that have a bit of work under their wings, so to speak, and have been really doing, uh, doing the work whatever that means to both develop themselves personally and spiritually to be able to come together with curiosity and interest rather than blame, shame, and punishment and recognizing that we are the same species folks. We are actually of the same, uh, <laughs> yeah, human, human, humanity, human beings, men and women together. And if men are losing, then women are losing. And if women are losing, then men are losing because how can it be any other way? And so it feels to me like for whatever reason, whether they be innocent or nefarious, that men and women have really been plotted against each other for some time now. And I've been really interested in discovering what those reasons are, but I'm also at a state where it, it almost doesn't matter to me anymore. It's irrelevant. It's more about, okay, let's get each other in the room and actually talk to each other. So that's a, yeah, that's where I'm at. Yeah. Beautiful. I was going to ask you to expand on this um, line that you have that seems to be part of your brand of men are not toxic, men are the answer. It seemed like, it, you know, you, you just gave the background on that, but would love to hear if there's anything else that you'd like to add on, you know, how, <laughs> like when you thought of saying that, right? Like yeah. It, yeah, what yeah. was on your mind? It's funny you brought that up. I've, I've literally, I was just in a conversation with a, a dear brother of mine who uh, encouraged me. I've actually changed the tagline. So now mm -hmm. it's actually masculinity is not toxic. Masculinity is medicine. And I think in a way that that's, that's more accurate to portraying what's sort of behind it. But at the moment when I created that statement, it was very much an edge for me to sort of create an edgy statement. Men are not toxic, men are the answer. And I really think that's true. And women are the answer. And, and, and as men get their answer, women get their answer. And mm -hmm. that men are not toxic, though there are toxic men. Mm -hmm. I think there's, it's sort of me sort of tongue in cheek pushing back on a trope that I see that has entered the, the lexicon of, of us, especially in the West. And this idea that men are somehow toxic, that the patriarchy is this thing where men as a class oppress women as a class. And I think at certain times in history, that was true to some degrees. I was just talking with my mom over the Christmas break and she was telling me how in the early 1970s, when she moved to New York City, she as a woman could not get a credit card on her own. She mm -hmm. had to get either her dad or her husband to get a credit card for her. And she didn't have a husband. So she had to get her dad to help her get a credit card. Um, obviously things like that are complicated and have emerged out of history for lots of different reasons, but I, I, I want us all to be equal. I think right now, at least from a legal perspective, men and women are equal legally under the law. Uh, and there are still things that are being sorted out again, as I mentioned beginning, but I'm very curious about mm. rather than like pointing blame and who's men are this way and women are this way. It's like, okay, where did these ideas come from? Where does this idea of toxic masculinity come from? And instead of using it as a weapon or what I see heartbreakingly. So with so many of the men that I work with who like myself internalize that who, well, if men are toxic and I'm a man, then by deductive syllogism, I must be toxic. I spent most of my young life downplaying myself and trying to subdue myself and really allowing what I came to understand later, this sort of cultural emasculation 
which was really an attempt, I think, to make me safe, uh, really is very harmful to a lot of men. And again, if men are emasculated, then women are getting emasculated men, which isn't yeah. good for anyone. It's not good for anyone. So let's let's talk about these things. Let's explore these yeah. things. Let's risk offending each other mm. and risk talking about some things that are by necessity going to be contentious, but in service to something greater. And so again, that's what these workshops that I'm working to uh, to develop here in Austin, but that my intention is very much to bring them on the road, to take them to the places that I have strong mm. footholds, Boulder, Colorado, Brooklyn, New York, uh, Los Angeles, Asheville. Um, and my hope is to bring this work to one of my home states, Lexington, Kentucky, where my family is and where I just wow. spent the holidays. So. Oh. Yeah. I can relate to that in that I'm so right now I'm living with my mom and um getting to hang out with my friends who are, are all part of this Jewish community here in Miami. Um and and feeling like wow, there's so much medicine that I can bring to this mm -hmm. community where things are more traditional and yes. where yeah, like it's interesting because it's like, you know, I, I my friends in the in the coaching world and the, you know. In, in the world of, of coaches and spiritual and healers and all of that, sure. we talk so much about women being in, in their masculine in the sense that they're more fo focused on their career and they, you know, in the relationship that gets in the way. Um, and I think it's a little different here in that I grew up with those structures of, of like the man has this role, the woman has that role. And it's really more about, um, sometimes it's actually just about expression of feelings. Like it's not so much about, um, about the roles, but more about like being in your feminine and, and expressing your feelings and, and letting a man feel your emotions and your heart, if that makes sense. Mm. So yeah, that's, that makes sense. yeah. So I, I'm just, yeah, that's something that I've been asking myself of how can I, how can I support my community right here in under, in, in them understanding, um, yeah. the power of, of the, yeah, the polarity word. Well, I think that's, what's so important is to be able to help people understand something that we all already know at a baseline level, that it's not about, I, I'm a polarity master, right? I mm -hmm. studied with David data and all these mm -hmm. guys, and it's true. I did, but this, this is all stuff that we all know intrinsically within our being. Once it, you sort of have it explained or you, it, it's put into the, the context that each individual needs to be able to have it make sense to them. And I think, you know, I feel so blessed by something that I used to feel so frustrated by, which was living in so many different places, but that I've, I've lived in Los Angeles, New York city. Uh, I went to college in Florida. My family's in Kentucky. I've mm -hmm. lived in Colorado. Now I'm in Texas. So a lot of red States and a lot of blue States. And I've gotten to know a lot of people that uh, I think we're all being convinced are the enemy, right? If you're liberal, then Republicans are just idiot rednecks that just, want God and Jesus and all the, and guns, right? And well, but these liberals are just entitled, uh, snobby, overeducated brouhaha's who want to just, you know, fix the world with technology. It's like, everyone's blaming the other person. Yeah. And there's so much commonality between us that we're missing, that we're not talking about. And again, no one taught us how to do any of this stuff. Like you remember high school, everyone, like what, did, what did I learn in high school? Like mm. what, I was taught geometry and a whole lot of facts and like world history, sort of, I mean, maybe, but <laughs> none of us were taught how to relate to one another. None of us were taught how to meet the absolute 
eventualities of being in a relationship. What does it even mean to be in a in a relationship? What are the tools of communication? What is marriage about? What does it look like? Why should you have it? Why should you not have it? Uh, you know, all these things that are so important. I mean, I won't even get into like financial conversations about mm -hmm. why weren't we taught any of that stuff. But what I'm finding in this work is that there is a common language that we all speak and mm -hmm. an understanding that we all have in our bodies because the technology that I'm interested in is not in my cell phone. It's in the eyes of the person standing across from me. Mm -hmm. And what I see in these workshops is you give me five minutes with two complete strangers and I will, I will, it won't be me. I'll, I'll create a frame for them to, uh, for them to activate the technology that lives within their body mind system to be able to start having unbelievable sensations, felt sensations of connection to this person, mm -hmm. because it's the unifying thing that restores my faith in humanity. Every time I lead these workshops or work with my clients, it's like, Oh, there we are. There's humanity. Right. There we are under all this infighting and the oldest technique of divide and conquer that it feels mm. like it's being employed against us 24 seven. So, yeah, uh, yeah, it's so good. It really, it, it points to something that I wanted to talk to you about, which is, you know, we, we, we talked before about how there's like the downside of, of the polarity work. Right. And, and oh, yeah. one thing that I see is at least in my case, um, I, I, I used to be really obsessed with like, how can I be my feminine? Like, yeah. how can I show up in my feminine with this person? And then losing track of just what is truth? Like, how do I just communicate the truth here? Yeah. And and I know that you really, you know, are passionate about that too. And and it's interesting because I've noticed that most of the time, the truth that I'm, that's like most powerful to share is my feelings and that that evokes a man to like, give me what I want, which is clarity, direction, presence, right? And and the way that I, I feel it is like, is like I have a container for for all of this that's like in me and I can ah like relax like it feels good. I want to hear the the experience from the other side. Like is it is I like what is it like for a man to hear a woman's heart and then how does that evoke their masculinity? That's a great question. I think it's important that we sort of frame and this is, you know, you, we we have had a few conversations about the shadows of polarity work, right? And I think one of the shadows is to assume that everyone knows what we're talking about. Yeah. And so when we say masculine and feminine, we're referring to energetic qualities that are stereotypes. They are stereotypical that most men on average are more likely to have certain traits than others. And most women on average, but not all, right? Not all are more mm -hmm. likely to have certain traits than others. And so when we're speaking about these qualities, men and women have both. Everybody has both of these frames of energy and you can use different terms. You know, it was yin and yang in the East was used in the Taoist traditions for a long time. Two of my mentors, uh, Justin Patrick Pierce and London Angel Winters use alpha and omega as a way to sort of avoid the trap of masculine. What do you mean, man and yeah. woman, male, female, sex, gender? What's the, you know, but yeah. these are, these are well, just ways. Yeah. yeah, my my like my listeners are used to listening to the this um, sure, 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 the, sure. right, but I think it is important to to mention it anyway. Yeah, no doubt. So I think this is what's so fascinating to me because by working on your feminine, by by default, you're also working on your masculine in a way. 
And so to, to answer your question specifically tonight, you know, you said that you are, um, and maybe it, it would be helpful actually to say it again, because it was such an important question. I'd love mm, for you to just sort of yeah. speak to it again, because it's one that I hear a lot and, and yeah. from women generally, but yeah. You know what? I'm actually going to give a little more context, which is like, I Great. used to, I used to complain a lot about attracting men that were in my head to when they're feminine, which I, 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 can, I bet you've heard so much. For sure. <laughs> and, um, and, and I noticed this year that I had a tendency to enter relationships doing a lot and, and showing my love by like, by providing, by, um, by initiating, um, yeah, by, by showing what I want, but not necessarily by expressing my feelings in my heart. Mm. And, and it points to something we just talked about, about our relationship with men and, and being toxic, which is that I grew up in our, in a family where we, um, we like logic was more valued. Of course. Men were always right. Yeah. And, and I, you know, I have a mama, grandma and a great grandma who were in relationships where men were in control and, and women didn't really have, you know, much of a say. So, so yeah, so I, I enter these relationships where I'm scared to share my feelings. And now I'm noticing how, when I do actually get vulnerable and, and share my feelings, it evokes a man to tell me what he wants and, and, and like step into the leadership that I've been craving. Yeah. Why so do you my think question, that is? Yeah. My question is like, why? Why Why well, is that the effect that it creates? Well, why do you think? Why do you think that's the effect? Oh, <laughs> I've been thinking about it. I don't know. Uh -huh. Um, I, I genuinely, I genuinely don't know. Okay. I even, Fair I much. even try to put myself in, in the other shoes and, and yeah, I think it's something that is very masculine. It's interesting, right? Because we're in this moment right now where it feels like the battle of the sexes is, is, is about like who's right, right? Or yeah. who's better or who's this or that. And, you know, feminism as, as a, a movement was very much about equality and, and making women equal, but in a way, you know, and I, I, again, I grew up as the son of a second wave feminist in every sense of things. My mom's a, a badass boss, babe, you know, as we say now, um, but to me, it's interesting because feminism, I, I feel like it should actually, and I, this is something I talk about, should actually more uh, accurately be referred to as masculinism because it's been the masculinization of women and yeah. them stepping into more traditionally masculine roles and their freedom and ability to do that. And please hear me on this, sisters, girlfriends, do what you want to do. Like if going out in the world and getting a nine to five and- and 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 having a house and prioritizing as as we say in in polarity work mission and purpose which are generally thought to be more masculine prioritizations over love and relationship which is generally thought of as more feminine persuasions or pursuits if that feels good to you and that feels right to you and your life is fire on all cylinders and you're happy girl do that. Don't listen to anyone that tells you not to fucking do that or that you need to be more quote unquote feminine. Because again, it's like diets. It's like, you know, the Atkins diet is really good for some people. And for other people, it will kill them. You know, for some yeah. people, veganism is really, really good for you. And for others like me, it's the worst possible thing for my body. And so it's really important to remember that for all of us who are listening. 
Um, there are generalities that we're speaking to, but specificity for you is what it really comes down to. Mm-hmm. So you spoke about the logic and rationality that permeated your family, right? And I would say that we actually live in a masculine frame, that the the, the, the meta frame of the world that we live in, prior, I'll ask it this way, does it prioritize logic and rationality or emotionality and feeling states? Right. It prioritizes logic, rationality. Yeah. And in a way, I don't know. I mean, these are deeper questions in a way. I think like it has to, to some degree, right. In order for things to get done. Yeah. Order. You know, some of the things feminism was rightly pointing to is that, you know, with, with, if it's only logic and it's only rationality and it's only a plus B equals C, then all of the the qualities of life that give it juice and give it meaning and are unpredictable, like music or dance or these things that are non-linear are, are, are by nature made less than. And so I think there's a, there's a lot to your question and that's why I'm circling it right before I kind of get to it, but we're still tracking it. So as David data always famously says uh, you meaning anyone, you always attract your reciprocal. And there's this idea about that that I think is is very true mathematically. So if you are in a female body and you have a feminine essence, and I'm using his terminology here, um, meaning you're 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 a, in a in a female body, but you're and you're attracted to the masculine because your essence is feminine, but you have a strong masculine energetic yourself, and so you present very masculine. You're very linear. You're very ducks in a row, you make your own money, you do these things. Polarity is, is the math of attraction. Mm-hmm. It's literally arithmetic, which is why I love it. And I always say this polarity doesn't fucking care. Polarity doesn't care about your feelings. It just, mm. you're either fucking or you're not, you're attracted or you're not. It doesn't care what body you're in, what pronouns you use, use whatever you want. Um, but there's something really interesting, right? When a mass, a woman like yourself, who has a feminine essence. So you're attracted to men tend to find yourself attracting to you feminine men. So men that have prioritized their sensitivity, their vulnerability, their emotionality, they're maybe not the best with time. They're maybe not the best with money and finances. They're more laissez faire. They're more like the stereotypical hippie guy. Like, Oh man, let's just smoke some weed and chill. I mean, I'm, I'm making stereotypes here. Right. But the point to this and the answer to your question is wholeness is I'm going to say this differently. Wholeness probably is what Mm -hmm. things are pointing towards. And so there's a, there's a finished equation and that your half of the equation Mm -hmm. is one half of the equation. And so what I do with a lot of my clients, one guy that I'm working with right now, we're kind of working backwards from the the idea of the reciprocal. So what's the type of woman he's looking to, to, to attract? What's the type of female body that he wants to have in his life? What are her qualities? What are her energies? All these things. And then the question I ask him is, okay, are you her reciprocal? Mm-hmm. Cause everybody wants, where's my queen? Where's my King? I'm ready for my King. You know, I'm ready. Yeah. Okay. Well, if you're ready, where is he? Right. Because the evidence of your readiness is the presence of the king in your life. And there's a lot of reasons why we are not 
<laughs> why we attract the types of relationships that we attract. And one of uh, a teacher that I know and love and respect very much, Bruce Lyons, I heard him use this frame that a relationship is a vehicle. It's a ship that two people climb onto to travel towards healing. And so the first stage of relating, I think, that most people are on is using the relationship, another person to heal, to break through the cultural and familial conditionings that we all have, which is why when you meet someone so many times or, or so often that feels really familiar, it's like, oh, I've known this person forever. Oh my God. I've, oh my God, I, we've, we're soulmates. We've known each other in all these different lifetimes. They're so familiar. It's like, yeah, they, they are familiar to you. It's because it's your mom. Mm -hmm. It's because it's your dad. It's the, it's the wounding that you've experienced that you're bringing into the relationship as a way to try to heal the relationship. Right. And so rather than blaming the other person, if we can start to get curious and realize, wow, I am 50% responsible for this relationship. And I'll say this very clearly, you're 50% responsible, but no more than 50% responsible. Because that's mm. what a relationship is. You're bringing in your half of the equation and they're bringing in their half. And you're saying, this is our shared experience. But you know, th this is where it gets interesting. So I'll, I'll pause there because I know I've said a lot and I hope that that made sense. And we can, we can yeah, it did. It, yeah. Can. It did make sense in that, like, you're obviously going to bring what is the opposite in that way. And like, what, right? Um, yeah. I, I am curious. So what does it feel like? What does it evoke in you when, or like in men that you've seen, like when you, you experience someone, exp you know, opening their heart and expressing and how, and like, what is that? Yeah. What is the experience like? When a woman expresses herself openly to me and reveals her true emotionality, like something that's true for her, whether it's tears, whether it's rage, whether it's joy, whether it's turn on, no matter what it is, part of me does this. He's lean, leaning into the camera. I'm leaning in. Yeah. It's, it's attractive. And I realize that for so many of you women, you've been trained by our culture to think that emotionality um, isn't attractive, right? It's, it's the big lips. It's the big tits. It's the big hips. It's the, it's the, the caricatures of femininity that we see pushed on Instagram and all these other things. But I will tell you that, uh, men generally, uh, are here to serve you and we're here to provide for you. And that doesn't mean that you can't provide for yourself. That doesn't mean that you have to allow our provision in any way, but nothing, fulfills me more than than doing things for my woman and when she is open and telling me the truth to the degree that she's able you know i call it honesty in real time it's like the the only real practice in relationship is honesty in real time to the degree that you can speak the truth honestly in real time with each other over and over again for a decade your relationship will uh will expand and mm. and deepen and become profound in ways you can't possibly imagine. And so it's, it's an interesting thing, right? Because it's almost like a, which came first, the chicken or the egg kind of a thing. But I think it's for all the arguing that we're having in our culture right now around men and women and women, women can do it too, or are men the leaders or if men are leaders and that's sexist or this or that, it's like, we, we follow the feminine in a way. 
Like are, are men more designed for overt styles of leadership? Yeah. But to the degree that they're more designed for overt, that means that the feminine is more designed for covert. And I don't mean like sneaky. I just mean like internal leadership. Like we live and die by you. Like when women figure this out, man, the whole world is Mm going to fucking change. Like we live and die by you and you have the power to inspire us into greatness beyond anything we could possibly fashion for ourselves. Mm. You just do. You just do. It's instantiated in so many of the old stories. You know, the most common one that most people in the West would know is, is Beauty and the Beast. Like there's something in a man that he cannot see for himself that a woman has a really incredible ability to see, mm. like the, the to, to, to see the potential in him. And uh, then the skill of how to bring that out in him yeah, without emasculating him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, without emasculating him. And it can be really annoying. You know, I, I mentioned London Angel Winters, one of my mentors. She calls it suffering his lead. And I, I want to apologize for you ladies out there because it is annoying because generally it is your wake-up call, uh, your presentation in our lives, your demands of us, for better and for worse, that sort of wake us up in a way to yeah. maybe some ways that we're not living up to the potential that we could have. And well, inspiring sure- creates one reality and nagging creates another. Yeah, that's, that's what I want to ask about. You know, I'm sure... Um, there's no perfect way of doing this, but I love that on, you have this post on social media. It's a photo of you with sharks in the water. Yeah. Um, and it's so cool. You talk about, you know, facing your fears. And one thing that you mentioned is receiving feedback from your mentor and from your beloved at the time. Yeah. Um, wow. Just the way that you described that she pointed out to you, how your fears or like your unmet, you know, your, I mean, I'll, I'll let you explain it yourself, but basically in this post, you talk about how, your partner at the time points out you have all these fears and I can feel them and they're they're impacting our relationship. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'd love for you to talk a little bit about that and and just some some tips for us out there who are scared to tell a man, you know, what we see or or how can we share that potential without it coming from a place of like like potential is such a, has such a negative connotation of like, you're falling in love with my potential, not really me, you know? So, so how does one do this artfully? It's, it's a really challenging thing tonight. And I'm so glad that you're asking it because it really is an art. Inspiring a man really is an art because we live in an era right now where it is so common to just diss men, to just take the piss out of men left and right. I mean, watch any Hollywood film, especially the comedies. Um, men are portrayed as buffoons. Uh, men are really thought of as less than somehow because we're different. And women are different from men. And men are different from women. And we're the same in a lot of ways. And we're different. And so, yeah, it, it's... <laughs> There's a lot, there's a lot behind that. You know, my, my, my partner at the time, she was the most remarkable woman, woman I've ever met. And she said to me like, yeah, like, cause what had come up was I have, I, this is, this is an important thing for you men out there. I have, I have men in my life that I take my problems to because the degree that I don't, I take my problems to my woman And to the degree that I take problems to my woman consistently, I turn her inadvertently into my therapist and into my mother. 
And women are not supposed to fuck their therapists and they're not supposed to fuck their sons. And so it creates a very challenging energetic dynamic where they want to be helpful and they are, but it does something to the polarity. It kills the polarity. So it is critical that I and every man listening has his boys and preferably also has mentorship, has a coach, has someone that is helping him work on his stuff. And what my woman said to me one day was that, look, I know you're in this work. And so I know you know it to some degree, but to the degree that you are not meeting your challenges and fears, I can feel that. And then I have to carry them for you. And it was like a slap in the face. But the way that she said it didn't infantilize or emasculate me. The way that she said it was, and I, 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 I've been trying to remember the exact wording of it, and she couldn't remember it either because it was, it was poetry. Because what happened in my system was not a deflation and a, a, a hanging of the head, though there was a gut punch feeling in it. It was like a, it was like there there are energies in your system and in your space that you have allowed to be taking up real estate in your psyche and in your soma in your body, and your body is my body. And so to the degree that I have not been clearing cleaning house and taking care of these energies, she's had to live with them. And it's like there's an enemy in the gates that I'm allowing to be there that's terrifying her. And in framing it that way, she inspired my warrior. She inspired my hero. She inspired my protector to realize the impact of what was having. I definitely had a moment of like, fuck, <laughs> oh, <laughs> shit, that sucks. But then like, okay, what do I have to do? And within a week, I had chartered a boat off the coast of Florida and I was diving in the in chummed open ocean water with sharks with oh no mask, God. with no protection, with no weapon. And, you know, it was done as safely as, as possible, but there needed to be an aspect of danger in it so that I could see um, how much the danger was in my own head. And so there was something about her artistic offering of showing me where I was out of integrity, but doing it in a way that turned me into her hero. Mm. And that to me is is a framework and a formula that if you ladies out there can hear that, and I know it's challenging and sometimes you just want to tell the fucking guy <laughs> the truth. Um, but my, 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 my furtherance of that is if you want action to be taken on it, if you want him to actually do the thing, see how you can inspire him and how you can, you can, you can help, help him get clear on what his, accomplishing of that task be it taking out the fucking trash doing the dishes or swimming with sharks how and what that provides for you and how and what that how it would make you feel to be with that kind of a man and then show us what that's like we will fucking drop everything we are doing in a second to go and do that shit for you and then you'll be alive and alight and turned on by us and we'll get to experience you turned on which will breathe more life into us and you feeling more of us online and alive and present with you will breathe more life into you. And then it becomes this sacred system, this sacred in Tibetan tantric Buddhism, it's called Vajrayana. It's the diamond vehicle is one translation of it. And I think that's what they mean by that. It's this diamond vehicle where it becomes this two bodied pathway to enlightenment, where you just keep 
handling each other. And we all know what that's like on the other side, right? When it starts to downward spiral, we've all been in those arguments and in those fights and in those breakups. But again, there's so much power and potential in this work and in the way men and women can relate to each other that uh, I, I don't think we have any freaking idea. Like it's, it's less than the tip of the iceberg of what we understand in our culture around the technology, the divine technology that is embedded within the bodies of men and women. Oh, I can so agree. And also just what's what we're capable of in, in what we feel with each other and what we can inspire in each other. And, and yeah. something that I heard in, in what you said is, is like, speak to the other um, in, in, in like with a possibility mindset of like with, with that image of what can be possible um, yeah. and with and as an ally, right, and as exactly. an ally, as though they were act, as though you were actually on the same team, right? As though you were actually on the same team. Cause most of us are in relationship where we are not on the same team where we're, we're approaching our, our beloved as an enemy or as an adversary. And I think it's actually more common these days for women to be doing that to men uh, as a result of feminism and some of the shadows of feminism. And, and, you know, again, that's just my take. It doesn't mean that that's true, uh, but yeah, it's just no, what I'm I seeing see. That a lot. I'm seeing a lot of confused men who like the other day, someone asked me if it was okay to pay for my coffee. Like if I would get offended. Yeah. The thing like, and it's again, a real I, thing. Like, because I grew up in a more Latin American Jewish mindset, like it, for me, it's like, it's very easy for me to say yes, but I understand that a lot of women yeah. are, are getting pissed. Like it happened to me the other day. I'm in Texas. I, I was on a little <laughs> date and I didn't, I didn't pay for the, I didn't reach forward to pay for the check. And then she's like, I'll get it. And I was like, Whoa, what just happened there? Oh, wow. And you know, I 17 years in New York where like, yeah, I couldn't tell, like you couldn't it, more often than not, the women would want to split the check. Mm-hmm. Because it's like, well, this is mine and this is yours, and I'm mine. And if you if you if you get the check as a man, are you going to think that I owe you something now? I owe you sexual favors because you bought me dinner. It's like, wow, these are real things, and and they're things that no one's talking about. And so, like, let's talk about that because as a man too, like, it's hard. I don't want. I I want to go out on a date, but I don't want to necessarily have to just pay for everything because I've been taken advantage of. Mm-hmm. I've learned after the fact that she was just kind of interested in free dinner mm. and that feels like shit. And so it feels like our resources and my provision was taken for granted, which makes me less likely to give it next time. And so you got to realize yeah. like, we're not dating in a vacuum. Like every time you go on a first date, you're going on a first date with someone who's been on a lot of dates and who's mm-hmm. been hurt a lot of different ways yeah. by men and women. <laughs> And yeah, so- I think it's it's so easy to forget that however the person is behaving that doesn't seem like it doesn't feel loving is probably them protecting themselves and not them wanting to hurt us. Like we're all just really afraid of each other and trying to connect. Yeah, one of the we want yeah, yeah, one of the 10 presuppositions of NLP, which is neuro-linguistic programming, is that everyone is always doing the best they can with what they have all the time. And I really believe that because to not believe that, to not believe that is, is to create a world that I don't want to be a part of, that I don't want to be a part of. And I do believe in people. Again, this work restores my faith in humanity every time I see strangers or people that have been married for 15 years, 30 years, look at each other in a new way. 
because of this technology, because of what, what can start to happen when we tell each other the truth and when we unpack the years and years and years and years of resentments we've all been carrying and start to learn how we've been taught to weaponize our relationships and to weaponize sex and to withhold, you know, the way the feminine protects itself by withholding and punishes by withholding, which does not mean that women owe men sex. That's not what I'm saying, but it's a, it's, it's also a really powerful way to punish the masculine because so much of, well, we, we can dive into that if there's time, but again, it's like, there's just, we don't talk to each other. Like Mm -hmm. men don't know how women have sex. I mean, we know how women have sex, but we don't know what it's like for you. Like what's the experience like for you? You guys think, you know, what men, what it's like for men to have sex, but you talk to men about this, you actually create a scenario in an environment where it's not just locker room stuff, where they feel like they have to machismo out to save face, where they actually can talk about what's happening for them. Sex is an incredibly spiritual and emotional experience for men, but it's thought to be merely physical and it's not, and it's not. Um, so there's a lot, there's a lot between us. Yeah. You, you touched on withholding and, and it makes me think that it's, it's withholding a lot of things. You know, I think, I think feelings, for example, like I hear a lot of men frustrated with, um, with my woman won't tell me what she feels. She's just complaining or she's not saying anything at all. And so kind of like flipping it on the other side, what, how do you support men in being a space for a woman to express herself or, you know, and supporting a woman to do that? Well, the feminine, the feminine needs to feel safe and the feminine needs to feel appreciated, cherished, loved to the degree. The feminine feels safe first and foremost, and then secondarily in a close second, mind you. Um, Cause once you feel safe, then the opportunity is there to allow yourself to feel cherished, to feel loved, to feel appreciated. And to the degree of, again, I'll, I'll say a woman generally, but the feminine mm-hmm. uh, feels that way is the degree to which she starts to open. And the degree to which she starts to open is the degree to which the masculine gets pulled into the, the magnetic pull of what it is inside of her and inside of her body. And so again, the tantric traditions, and I don't mean the neo-tantric traditions. I mean, the traditional tantric traditions, which are, you know, the term itself means weaving. It's, it's a form of weaving, you know, tantra doesn't mean sex. It means weaving. And so it's, again, to me, it's, it's the, it's the, it's a 5,000 year old art of weaving back together the sacred and the sexual and weaving back together men and women. And, and so I don't call the work that I do Tantra because I think that word has been sort of captured and is you know, now it can mean anything. <laughs> it literally is. You know, it means it, Yeah. It's one of those that like can mean nothing and anything yeah. at the same time. Yeah. 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 But again, you know, there's, there's, there's power in it. There's potency in this work that uh, I, I think we, we really have no idea. I think I still have no idea what is actually at the bottom of this work. I just, I think we're all so used to fighting. We're so used to the battle of the sexes. Every Hollywood movie portrays it to some degree. Um, and now we're in this sort of, strange time this strange propagandistic time where it seems like every film i see is 
doing everything it can to show that women can be powerful and it's the woman president and the woman leader. And it's all, you know, sort of being jerry rigged and, and shoved down our throats. And I don't know that that's serving. I, I can see how it does to some degree, but we're, it's just, we're just in a wild, interesting place. And I'm just sick and tired of feeling like men and women are being pitted against each other. I'm sick of that. Uh, it's not what we're meant to do be to each other it's not what we're meant to do by and through each other and again it's it's tough because it requires at least one party to surrender a bit to to give up the fight to to put down your weapons and say look i'm 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 willing to meet you here in a different way and then that other person has to be willing to set their resentments aside and not use that as a moment to now take advantage because oh their defenses are down there's some really beautiful work. I, I, I'm shocked that it took me as long as it did to find this woman's work. In the same way I was shocked when I I, I was in my mid-30s when I discovered Data's work. I was like, how the fuck did I miss this? Oh, yeah. I don't know how I missed it. <laughs> there's, there's a woman by the name of Alison Armstrong. Yeah. Oh, love her. And The Queen's Code and Keys to the Kingdom. Yeah. And it is a very simple read. It's a, you know, it's it's high literature. It is not. Um, but it is maybe the most important book uh, on the other side of the equation. You know, some of Data's works for me, Way of the Superior Man, Intimate Communion specifically, are the tools that I've used uh, that to me are the, 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 the textbooks of this work. And I think Allison's work is the, is the feminine equivalent. It really is. It's a really incredible uh, unpacking of some of these ideas. And again, I've only encountered her work this year, which is so <laughs> wild, uh, but it's so beautiful to hear so much of what I've been tinkering with explained and, and, and again, fleshed out in a simple, simple way that was, she was fleshing out in the early two thousands, late nineties, same with yeah, data nineties. Yeah. 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 Wrote these wrote data, wrote way the superior man in 92 and intimate communion, I think, was ninety five, and they're still. I'm still waiting for a better book. Mm, yeah, text. I've like kind of moved on to John Wyland and like studying more of of what he's teaching. Sure, sure, sure. And John was David's protege for years. Exactly, that's why. Yeah, yeah. Years. And uh, yeah, I know a lot of guys that are coming out of his program now. So. Mm. Yeah, it's interesting for me. I when I started. I, my, my first coach was Amy Batuski, which was my, also my first guest on this podcast. And she was a woman who was very career oriented and very in her masculine. So she started, you know, learning Alison Armstrong's work and all of that and just teaching it to me. Like I, I, I hired her to work on my weight loss and to find a Jewish husband in New York and to, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, like so far from there now, um, I wanted to help her help me make money. And suddenly she's like, actually, we're going to talk about loving your pussy and we're going to talk about not emasculating men. And it, it it almost like found me, you know, it wasn't something that I was seeking. Um, but yeah, it's interesting for me. I, I, I can resonate with the being in my masculine because of what data talks about more, which is like, if you grew up and your feminine was you didn't feel like your feminine was safe to be in. Then you develop that masculinity, you know, of of cutting off your cutting yourself off from your feelings or intuition or all of that. Um, so so the, for me, it was more of an insecurity, which which I think 
it was a, like you mentioned something called a snag. Yeah. So, mm. so a, a sensitive new age guy. Sensitive so new age guy. Yeah. Yeah. I kind of, I wanted to ask you this in the beginning, but, but I'm just going to ask now. Yeah. Like how can you maybe t- describe who that man was and um, what are some of those fears that you had then that, that you worked on until now? Yeah. I mean, I would say I, I, I grew up a sensitive new age guy. That's, that's who I was. I, again, was the son of hippie parents who I present very masculine. I mean, I'm six, five, I hit this height at 14. I was a major athlete, but I was also taught to be sensitive and vulnerable. And, um, I was a musician and all these different things. So my feminine is highly, 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 highly developed. And I've come to learn that part of my struggles were sort of wanting and needing to be in a masculine frame, but having a a feminine brain in a lot of ways. Uh, (laughs) And by that, I mean to say, bartending in New York for over a decade didn't help in the sense of I I am a multitasker. I'm very good at multitasking. And Mm. the feminine brain is designed biologically to be very good at multitasking. So you can have your eyes on the kids and everything else. And potential predators and the, 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 the food and the, and all these things. And the masculine brain is generally, I mean, that's what testosterone technically does. It, it produces single pointed awareness capability and focusing on one thing at a time. And so, you know, I was, uh, <laughs> I was a sensitive new age guy uh, in, in space. <laughs> I just, I, I just, I just was, yeah, snag. I was a snag. And, um, it was reflected in my relationships. I think I got into relationships with some really incredible women who themselves were in their masculine. I, I don't know that women in New York City cannot be in their masculine to some degree. Yeah. Uh, Cause you have to have your guard up. You have to have your sentry on duty at all times. I'm again, I'm six, five and I used to ride a skateboard everywhere I went. So I had a portable weapon with me 24 seven mm-hmm. and I'm a fighter. And so it's like, no one fucks with me, but I, it took me a while to realize, Oh, as one of my one of my buddies always says, women are still on the food chain. Like you have to worry about things, and it takes energy because someone, if they wanted to, could take something from you potentially. And so that was a real revelation for me. That was a real um, point of understanding in my young brain of like, oh wow, that's that's a quintessential difference between men and women that I had taken for granted. I didn't I didn't realize that. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a really important thing. I think we need men to understand that because again, to the degree we can help you as women feel safe and contribute to a sense of safety, whether that's in a workshop or walking down the street at 4 a.m. You know, and I learned how to how to how to present myself in a way where I I I, I am non-threatening. I can feel safe uh, to people. Wow, yeah. It's important to be able to do. It's important yeah. to be able to do. But it's also important to be able to make yourself dangerous. And I was going to say, like, I see that as like, a, actually, yeah. I can see the shadow of that. If you're always trying to not seem threatening, then that would disconnect you from like your, right? Your and warrior. Your, and your, it did. Yeah. And it did. Yeah. yeah. So it took, you know, my work is really, my men's work is specifically about rejoining the heart energy and the sword energy in a single male body. And so, and again, if Women can work on this too. Anybody can work on this to develop your masculine essence in a way that feels balanced to me is to have your heart online. So your connection to uh, compassion, 
sensitivity, vulnerability, love, universal brotherhood, connection to other people. That's critical. But if that's all that you have, um, if you're a pacifist by, uh, not by choice, but rather by just default, because you couldn't actually defend yourself. You don't actually know how to bring that energy up. You don't have the capacity to bring that energy into your voice and into your into your body in a way that says, don't fuck with me and don't fuck with the people that I love or I will fucking end you. And I love you. And I don't want to do that. So please step away. Please step away. And then being able to use that and use that consciously, be able to be connected to both of those energy streams and have them familiar, be fluent, um, to be a, a, what the Vikings would have called a two-handed man, which is ambidextrous, energetic ambidexterity to be able to be dangerous. You, you, you're you dangerous, but not a danger as, um, oh gosh, what's his name? Traver Boehm, uh, an amazing men's work guy out of Colorado talks about that I've heard him, that I've heard him say, which I loved uh, to be dangerous, but not a danger. And Jordan Peterson talks about this idea. It's a very old idea because you want to be with a strong, powerful man, but not a brute, not a, not a tyrant. Mm-hmm. And, you know, well, great this, power comes great responsibility. That's right. And when the sword energy is out of integrity, it's brutish. It's it's tyrannical. And when the heart energy is out of integrity, it's wimpy. It's it's weaselly. It's it's overly passive. It's manipulatable. So yeah, it's 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 math. It's a formula. The work that I do with with not just with my men, but with the people that I work with on an individual basis, it's it's a it's a prescriptive task. It's trying to figure out what's the energy that's deficient in your system that we would want to bring up more of. For for example, it sounds like when you started working with Amy, and I love Amy. She's a dear friend of mine and someone that I, I've worked with. Uh, uh, well, I, I just led one of her retreats. Um, oh, yeah. I heard that was amazing, by the way. Thank you. It was, it was very special. It was very special. There's, there's a lot. Uh, I might actually be partnering up with them a bit this year. So lots of exciting things going on in that realm. Mm -hmm. But yeah, if, if, you know, if, if a woman feels like she's too quote unquote in her masculine, I don't want to make her masculine wrong. I don't want to, I don't want to diminish or demean her masculine in any way. I want to bring up her feminine. So what would that look like? You know, I have a client that I'm working with in Boulder and it's the exact same thing. So I'm having, one of the first things I had her do was we looked at her wardrobe and how she's presenting because she wants to be more feminine. And I'm like, well, okay, let's take a look at your outfit today. Why did you choose this outfit? Oh, it's comfortable. And because I'm at work and all these things and she's rocking, you know, like jean overalls. And it's like, okay, there's nothing wrong with jean overalls, by the way. And there's nothing wrong with anything that we're saying. It's more of what do you want to be creating? And so the over lean into her feminine was okay. I want you to go out with a girlfriend, You're, the girlfriend you know, and that you feel the closest with who you would call the most feminine. And she's going to be your shopping buddy. Mm. And you're going to buy some feminine stuff. And, and it might be awful and uncomfortable, but we're going to play in this realm. Mm-hmm. We're going to prescriptively give you an assignment to lean into the realm of developing that part of yourself. Not mm-hmm. because the masculine part of you is bad or wrong. But because again, if you want more of this quality and you want to bring more of that into your life, how do we do that? Yeah. How do we do that? So, yeah, I love that. I have a friend who works with, um, what's it called? Alter egos. And so it's, it's Mm. the same thing, you know, it's, it's like this alter ego has all these qualities, 
what would it look like to play as your alter ego and and integrate the parts of yourself that you see you project onto this alter ego but are within you And yeah. I, and I can I can relate to what you said in that there's there was nothing wrong with me doing all these things for these men and and being the one that planned something or bought them something yeah. or this and that. But it wasn't working for you. Yeah, exactly. But like it wasn't getting right. the results I wanted. So right. So I had yeah. So it's like uncomfortable and different, but yeah. but it was an invitation to to let go. That's really what it was. It was like scary. What's going to happen when I stop doing this? Our men are, are like, will I have dates? Will I still yes. attract guys? Well, know? what happened for you? Because I want I want the women who are out there oh thinking God. the exact same thing to hear how, because that is a fear people have. If I let go of everything I believed in about men, what is, is that going to leave me defenseless? Is that going to leave me? Am I, am, am I letting men win? You know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's, it's interesting because, you know, it touches on like everything we talked about today, which is that. I, I see what I choose, what I choose to see. Right. And so yeah. if, if I think that men don't accept my feelings then I'm going to call in men that don't accept my feelings, um, if I think that I need to do things to keep men in real, in, you know, to keep men interested in me, then that's what I'm going to call in. So, so I have yeah. to choose to see differently. Um, and it's, it's transforming everything. I'm, you know, I, I don't get triggered by my, the men in my family anymore. The, my male friends, are just validating my feelings all the time and saying how much they love hearing my intuition and how much they value it. Um, and yeah. I did start calling in a different kind of guy. Like literally someone slid into my DMs, you know, something that I, <laughs> I'm like, where are they going to come from? God. Okay. You it's not your me. job. It's not your job to figure out where they're going to come from. They're going yeah. to come because to uh. the degree you change your reciprocal, you will start attracting a different kind of person. And for those people of you listening out there, to this, you, you've got to be willing to, to, <laughs> you've got to be willing to sit through what I call the echo test. The echo test is that your life has been organized in a certain way for a while mm -hmm. and energy moves faster than matter. So a new idea comes through and you want to change your life. So say, so say you, you decide you want to start working out, right? Oh my, I want to be healthy in 2024, but you're 280 pounds, right? That energy is going to, you're going to have to find a way to sustain that energy while the matter of your 280 pounds starts to slowly diminish, slowly diminish, slowly diminish. So the great thing about changing your energetic reciprocal is I've seen it happen for people in the same day. I've seen people meet a different type of man in the same day that they decided to, as Alison Armstrong would say, put their sword down and stop using it to, to, to destroy men. Yeah. And so for you women out there, go out and get the Queen's Code immediately. For you men out there, go out and get Way of the Superior Man by David Data immediately. And then, women, when you're done with the Queen's Code, go read Way of the Superior Man by David Data. And men, mm. go read the Queen's Code. Because it, it, it's about us, right? It's not just about learning men. As men, you need to learn women. And as women, you need to learn men. You need to understand this other part of yourself. Because I think truly when you... If and when you and I, I send this blessing out to every single one of you listening, when you meet the person for you, that is the right one for you, and you make these choices to start meeting them in a different way, you are going to be staggered by what a relationship can be, by what love can be, by what partnership can be, by what sex can be. You think you've had sex? You haven't had sex.
Mm -hmm. I'm sorry. You haven't, you've gone through the motions when you are with gentlemen, when you're with a woman that has, that you've allowed and helped feel safe and loved enough to truly open herself. And she starts to open and you go in with her and, and she starts to open and you go in with her and you, and you'll never recover from that. You won't be able to watch porn anymore. So take that as a warning. You're not going to be able, it won't be sufficient to you because you'll have achieved and experienced a level of nutrition in the sexual frame that, you know, so if you, if you want to keep watching porn guys, if you want to do that, don't, don't change, stay, stay with it. And women, like you think, you know, men, you think you, have you ever experienced what it's like to actually have a man be willing to do anything to, to, to provide your every need for you? It's like the queen inspires those around her to provide whatever she wants, whatever she wants. Like, not only does it get to be easy, it gets to be fun. It gets to be fun. It gets to be easy. It gets to be playful. You get to have everything you want and it doesn't require more effort. It might initially at the beginning, cause you got to change some ways of being, you got to change some, you got to change some behavior patterns. Yeah. And the universe will test you. I will say the universe yeah. will send you the old pattern to see if you're going to do of the course. same thing. Because the universe is like, oh, oh, wow, you, you've changed your mind. Great. <laughs> That's wonderful. Let's see if you're full of shit or not. And so it'll send you the same pattern as a gift, as a gift to see. And if you can pass that test and you can say, wow, yeah, I used to, that's, wow, that's totally my old type. There it is. There's the old type. Yep. No, I'm a stand for something more. And then the universe might send it again the next day. Nope, nope, nope. But if you can hold that line, it will change. It has to, it has to, it has to, it has to. So. Ah, beautiful. Thank you so much for your generosity today and, and sharing, yeah, sharing what's in your heart and how you support. Um, is there any way that, that people can reach out to you right now that, that anything you're offering, any way that they can reach out? Yeah, definitely. I mean, my website is the best way to make contact. There's the contact page on my website. Uh, it is michaelbates.com. And again, it's my mom's hippie spelling, which I love. So it's M-I-K-A-A-L-B as in boy, A-T-E-S at, uh, excuse me, michaelbates.com. Uh, and yeah, there's a lot, there's a lot that's unfolding right now. There's my, my men's program is going to be coming out soon. I'm going to be partnering up with Amy's organization to uh, do some stuff in the new year as well. I have obviously the podcast rolling, uh, one-on-one -on -one coaching is still, uh, a big part of my life. I really love working with men, women, and couples. It's, it's so much fun, but there are, yeah, these sacred union workshops are happening once they're immersive. They're not really workshops or an intensive, eh, whatever, whatever adjective you want to use to describe it. It's happening here in Austin. I'm going to be taking it on the road soon. So if you're curious and partaking, um, please reach out. I'm looking for, yeah, for host cities and specifically uh, host communities, you know, communities that are ready for this work that can, uh, that I can plug into. I've, I've not been prioritizing the last few years, um, any type of social media presence. I've really just been enjoying working on the underground and working through referral only. I've been very successful in that realm, but the work has, uh, is letting me know that it's about more than more than what it's wanted to be about. And so I'm really trying to, and being on this podcast is part of that, right? It's, it's, it's important to talk about this stuff and to get it out to more people. So it's been 
great to sort of keep it in my in my generalized well in, excuse me in my specified circles and now i really want to bring this work out to people because i believe we need to talk to each other so yeah if you're interested please hit me up absolutely and men who are listening like seriously don't underestimate the the work of of even just being in a men's group or talking to a guy like these men's coaches they've gone through it you know it's not just it's it's different because they've gone through it like he you know like you have like everything that you're teaching is something that you experience in yourself and that you've learned so I think that's really important because I know a lot of guys out there are feeling really alone and don't have the language to explain what they're experiencing. Yeah, we're all we're all lone wolfing it because the lone wolf has been romanticized in our culture for a long time. And the reason you're suffering, brother, just like I was, is because you're alone and trying to do it alone. And never in the history of humankind were men ever expected to do anything alone, anything. You and I would have started a business together. You and I and the boys would have gone out hunting together to bring home food for the tribe. And so it's important to realize we are isolated from the most essential aspect of the technology that I'm speaking about, which is the technology of the community. And you just cannot afford to be doing it on your own anymore. Neither can I. That's why I'm not doing it anymore. And my productivity, mm -hmm. like literally, like the productivity in my business has increased, professionally has increased, friends has increased, with women has increased. My bank account is bigger because of it. Everything, and it can be scary. It really can. But it, it is important to find a group of men that you can trust. But there's a lot of good men's work out there happening, and it will improve your relationship immediately because you'll have men that you can take your problems to instead of just taking them to your woman. And I know if you were raised like I was with a strong mom or even with a single mom, it's habituated in your way of being to take it to mom because that's all you had to take it to. And so, and, and but let's take some of the pressure off our sisters out there and take this work to our brothers so we can focus on making them our lovers and not our therapists mm. and our mothers, right? So, oh. amen and mic drop. Thank Boom. you so, so Boom. much. <laughs> what a pleasure, Tanai. Yeah, thank you. It's a pleasure. It really was. Thank you.